You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, this episode of An Eternity of Basketball is part of the Globally Ballin Podcast Network, a subsidiary of the Globally Ballin Media Network. For this show and other shows like it, such as the Globally Ballin Podcast, as well as projects like it, such as original articles and video work, visit globallyballin.com now. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe to it, as well as give it a 5-star rating and a review. We appreciate it. Now, to the show. Welcome to an eternity of basketball. Here we go once again. We're going to be having episode 65 any minute now. But before that, we'd like to remind you that the eternity of basketball is part of the Globally Ballin Network. And the Globally Ballin Network has a new show. It's called Five Minutes With. And episode one features Nico Salva. It'll be airing 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Globally Ballin YouTube channel. 4.6 million minutes of listens and views on the Globally Ballin Network. So uh, let's add on to that. Uh, you can watch uh, audio and video projects, uh, listen to audio projects and watch video projects and read original articles available on YouTube, Globally Ballin Podcast Network. You can watch all those shows. And then you can watch... Basketball, of course, is on there. And then we're also on YouTube and on Spotify. So you can catch us uh, on the go, wherever you are, anytime, anywhere, an eternity of basketball. And here we are. Episode 65 now underway. I'm Charlie Kuna, together with Sid Ventura. And today joining us once again, Jay Mercado pinch hitting for Noel Zarate, who's uh, out making some money somewhere. He's, I, I hope he shares it with us. But today, we have a guest, a very, very special guest on the show. 39, am I right? 39 years ago, he came on the PBA scene, joined one of the most popular teams ever in PBA history, Toyota. And he was doing his silky smooth moves, you know, between the legs, jumpers off the glass, slamming that ball against some of the best imports in PBA history as well. And he outshined them because he was the best import in the third conference of that uh, season in 1982 when Toyota won two of the three championships available for that season. And now, uh, 39 years after he, he blasted the PBA with his uh, basketball prowess, he's here on an eternity of basketball. And we're so glad to bring him to you guys to share stories with us about that experience, not just with Toyota, of course, he was also playing for San Miguel a year later, and Alaska a couple of seasons after that. Donnie Ray Coons from Charlotte, North Carolina, is here with us on the show. Donnie, welcome to the show. We're so, so glad to have you here. Uh, thank you, Charlie, and uh, thank you to your 
uh, your team and inviting me to participate. I just want to know why I'm number 61 and not number one on the podcast. 65, but yeah, we, we, we did try. You know you know, I did try, Tony. We've been talking for months, but yeah, yeah. It was really hard to track you down, but we were able to do it because that's what we tried to do here on this show. And and we finally did get 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 you on now. Uh, it had to. You, I know you let 2020 pass by already because you knew you probably felt it was not not a good year to be on the show. So we're here now. It's 2021. Hopefully, it's a better year for all of us. But Donnie, you know, let's get let's get right to it. I know you're from from North Carolina, born and raised. Is that right? That's correct. Born That's and right. raised so, in North Carolina. And 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 uh, in, in the states in particular, because here in the Philippines it's basketball. I mean, when you talk about sports, basketball is number one. But in the states, you've got all the, the other sports, the major sports, particularly baseball, football, and what what have you. There was basketball your first sport, and in, how did you get uh, grad, grab, How did you gravitate towards playing this this game that we love? Okay, well, actually, uh, I played three sports in high school, and baseball was my first love. I was a pitcher. And as a pitcher, you're pretty much responsible for your ERA, et cetera. On the basketball team, I was a point guard, and you were counted on to distribute the ball and get others involved. So I felt my worth was uh, most exemplified in baseball, but did love basketball and was fortunate enough to get a scholarship uh, to play in college. So I just kind of followed the scholarship and followed my dream. And what is your question? Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. What course did you take up? I'm sorry? What course did you take up? Uh, I was an economics major, undergrad, right. and uh, ended up getting an MBA uh, once my basketball career ended. So uh, I was al always uh, academically minded, and had I not had the opportunity to play basketball in college, I was going to go anyway to pursue my uh, uh, career, chosen career. Let's get me backtrack a little bit, Donnie. So when you were you're talking about high school already, but when you were a, a young boy, Mm -hmm. um, so you started playing sports. Uh, obviously, um, you said baseball. I'm pretty sure you did play a little football in one way or another, probably running around with the friends in the park. Yep. Um, yeah. Who were your influences in, in these sports? Were there guys that you idolized and wanted to be like uh, in, in any of these, these sports, the three sports that you said you played? Okay. Well, so back then, uh, you know, we had the NBA, and the NBA games only came on on Sunday. So there was Oscar Robinson, uh, there was Connie Hawkins, uh, there was Jerry West with the Los Angeles Lakers, Will Chamberlain, um, and then later on, Julius Irvin. Uh, oh, yeah. And collegiately, you know, North Carolina is the uh, is basketball heaven, if you will. Uh, North mm -hmm. Carolina State back then in the early 70s with David Thompson, Monty Tal. Mm -hmm. So those were teams that I followed. And of course, you couldn't, um, get uh, by without mentioning Dean Smith and what he did at Chapel Hill. So, you know, we were in basketball mecca uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference was the dominant conference. You had Maryland, uh, which uh, left three Drizelle. He was a coach there. And even going back prior to that, I remember Friday nights, Saturday nights, watching the UCLA Bruins with John Wooden. Uh, mm -hmm. as they would win, I think, seven or eight consecutive championships. So that was all it, it, uh, influential in uh, some of the things that I wanted to do and uh, the love of the sport that I acquired. There's a, there's a guy from UCLA played a couple of years before you. I think his name's Raymond Townsend. Um, yeah, he's first yep. Filipino-American, first Filipino-American to play yep. in the, the NBA. He was, he was a guest also on our show okay. a couple of months back. So he's been, he's been here. 
Okay. Anyway, so that's well, that's great. So, so then you end up in, in high school, you're playing, and then, and then I guess you're playing competitive basketball already at that point in time, Donnie. Um, um, how did you end up being recruited by UNC Charlotte? <laughs> well, it was uh, it was an interesting story. Um, uh, back then, in the mid to late seventies, AAU basketball wasn't as popular as, as it is now. Actually, there was no AAU basketball. And I played in a small high school. In North Carolina, you have single A up to 4A basketball. And we were my junior year, 3A team. And we, I think we ended up about 28 and 5 um, in the state playoffs. I, I got hit in the eye, had double vision. We wow. ended up losing. The next year, uh, we made it again to the state championship. And ironically, uh, the coach at UNC Charlotte, Lee Rose, uh, the, the, the year that I graduated high school, UNC Charlotte made it to the final four. And UNC Charlotte had the star on that team with a guy by the name of Cedric Maxwell from Kinston, North Carolina, 20 miles from my hometown. And so you had Norm Sloan at North Carolina State, Dean Smith, and I think Carl Tacey at Wake Forest, uh, they, you know, was like, how did this player, Cedric Maxwell, get away from the ACC schools uh, and go to little UNC Charlotte? Nobody knew about him. So at that time, uh, Lee Rose said, as a coach in the eastern part of North Carolina, who's the best big guard? And my name came up. Dean Smith at North Carolina came and uh, they saw me play. They didn't recruit me heavily. And after the season, I uh, my starting five came to Charlotte and scrimmage against a Division II school, and from that scrimmage, uh, mm -hmm. they offered me the scholarship. Okay, uh, you mentioned Cornbread Maxwell. You saw Sid Ventura yeah. wanted to smile because he's a Celtic fan. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course, Cornbread. Oh, yeah. Cornbread was the 1981 uh, Finals MVP, right? Finals so, MVP, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Donnie, by the way. Uh, your old teammate Andy Field is watching, and he says hello. I tell hello. I tell Andy. I said hello. Hi, Andy. Uh, miss him. And I, 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 I'll be honest with you. Andy was the best big guy I've ever played with. I mean, and I'm not just saying that because he's watching. Uh, <laughs> you got you guys know it. The low post moves. He was very unselfish. He was a defender. Uh, it was just great playing with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Everybody remembers him too. And he was here for six years, so you know the, the fans remember Andy Fields very, very much. Well, Jay, you have something for? Yeah, for know, what's your reaction as far as uh, people were saying that uh, you and Andy look alike? Well, of course, good-looking guys look alike. What <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, that's why we all look alike here on this show. Four of us. Let's say Robert, Robert. Taylor, fans love you for it. Uh, I mean, 1982 was one of the better years of Toyota. Uh, yeah. Probably the best year uh, that Toyota yeah. had uh, in its uh, nine-year uh, stint in, in the PBA. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it briefly, but, you know, I came in, I replaced Onondaga after about the second or third yeah. uh, game of the season. Um, Ed Ocampo, Butch Sugia, Lex Legaspi, and the team, and the players, they all welcomed me in. I had no idea what to expect. I, I just recall getting off the airplane and being taken somewhere to be measured because I couldn't be over six foot three inches tall. And yeah. I remember getting some kind of uh, uh, getting my heart checked. I looked at the machine. I'm saying to myself, hmm, 
Am I going to get radiation poison from this machine? And, but, you know, <laughs> those, those were my initial fears. And, you know, initially it was, it was very lonely um, because at the time Andy wasn't there. And um, I did know Norman Black. And eventually we hooked up because I played against Norman Black in the CBA a couple of times. Didn't know him well then. But in 81, when I was drafted by the Pistons, uh, he was trying out with them as a free agent. Didn't really uh, hook up with him a lot uh, out in Los Angeles in the summer league, but we became best of friends uh, there in Manila. Actually, uh, he probably won't tell anybody, but I was the best man at his wedding. So. Oh, okay. Ooh, yep. Oh, that's news to us. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but let, let's let's backtrack a little bit again, Don, oh. because you played four years. You know, at that time, that was pretty normal to play four years at, at your university or your college, right? Unlike yep. now, it's one and done, and they're in the NBA already or whatever. But so four years in, in that, and you had varying levels of success. There were some good years. There were some bad years. You started out slowly. Your statistics weren't too good first couple of years till. Finally, I think you became co-captain when you were a senior. You, you were the second leading scorer on that team under a new coach, right? Because I think the coach changed somewhere sometime coach. in your college career. So, so how was that, that that whole thing? You played you played with some NBA caliber guys. You had Chad Kinch with you. Uh, you yep. played with a, with someone who you would play against eventually in the PBA. His name's Lawrence Massey. Exactly. Right? He was your yep. teammate, Lou Massey, yep. Sweet Lou. Yep. And all so, you, you, how, so how was your college experience? You know, who were the guys that eventually became superstars in the NBA that you were able to face and play against and, and you know, and experience sure. uh, basketball against? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, wasn't heavily recruited, uh, as I mentioned earlier, coming from a small town in North Carolina. So uh, college was, it, it, you know, in high school, I'm 6'3", uh, and I've been 6'3 since uh, the 11th grade. The center on my team was 6'3". And the tallest player I played against was six foot six in high school. Well, you get to college, you have guards and you know forwards six six, six seven, six eight at the time. So it was all new. Uh, I had to acclimate myself to that, um, and and it was a challenge. Not only and, and I will say to any young uh, person who out who may be listening uh, and are watching, it's not where you begin; it's where you end. It was uh, watching players who were. Uh, my senior and junior, how hard they worked, appreciating the game in a UNC Charlotte, appreciation, appreciating the opportunity to play at that level. And, and I will say that, uh, you know, having certain athletic attributes really did help. I could jump. I, although I didn't shoot well when I first got to college, I had big hands. It was a matter of uh, um, learning to shoot the basketball. I really didn't know how to shoot the basketball when I got to college. And and funny, you should mention Lou Massey, uh, who passed about five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, when I got to college, I used to shoot with no backspin on the basketball. And the coach at the time, Lee Rose, uh, he told me, he said, Donnie, you will never play for me as long as you shoot a knuckleball. And so while the team would be practicing before, uh, you know, shooting drills, I would have to go and uh, to the bleachers and just shoot, getting backspin on the ball. And, and Lou Mass would come around and he would say stuff like, come on, Goose, man, get it together. We need you just messing with me. But he, he welcomed me to the team. You know, he used to play against him. The other professional player, Chad Kent, uh, you know, Chad was six foot three, six foot four. I was 6'3", and I used to battle him all the time in practice. And just watching those guys playing against them 
and, and, and knowing what it meant to wear the uniform of UNC Charlotte, it kind of propelled me to, to want to do better uh, and to excel. Mm -hmm. How good was uh, Lou in college, uh, Donnie? I mean, you know, he scored 85 points here in the... <laughs> In the, PB, in the PBA, right? He was, you know, he was known as a high scoring import. Was he always like that, even in college? He, he was. He was. He was the leading scorer up until Henry Williams uh, about 20 years ago. And, and you, you have to remember when Lou and I played, we didn't have any three point shots, but Lou mm -hmm. averaged right around 20 points a game. I was senior year, he would bring the ball up the court. He was a first round, maybe second round draft pick of the Los Angeles Lakers back in uh, 1978, 79. And Lou, he could shoot the basketball. I mean, he would put it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he carried that over here, here as well. But so, so you played well enough in your senior year, Donnie, uh, to get noticed. And, and then you were drafted, as you mentioned earlier, fourth round. 1981 NBA draft, and, and uh, it was the Pistons. Is this something, you, did you actually try out for them? Or did they give you uh, any indication that they were going to pick you eventually, the Pistons? Well, you know what? Uh, not really. I um, My senior year in, in high school, I think I, in college, I think I may have been about 12 or 14 credits short of getting my degree. And I... Um, I was preparing to take the LSAT to go to law school. Oh, <laughs> and, okay. and, and then uh, the Pistons had a scout to come to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where Clarence Gaines went to Salem State University. And I was invited to go there and, you know, just play some pickup games. And prior to that, my senior year, I was invited to play in the Portsmouth Invitational, uh, where they uh, invite uh, fourth-year uh, players to go to Portland, Virginia and play. So I played in that. And then uh, when the Pistons had that scouting event, I would call it, I, I went there. And, and the next thing I knew, and I don't know if this magazine is still around, but the Sport News magazine had me rated as one of the top 10 shooting guards in my senior class. And from there, it was drafted by the Pistons, went up to rookie free agent camp, made it through there, went back to veterans camp uh, and got cut uh, towards the end of veterans camp. Uh, that's when I went to uh, play in the CBA in Atlantic City, New Jersey, where Ed O'Connell saw me play. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. And <laughs> played against Isaiah. We, we became actually very good friends. Um, Isaiah is a uh, he was an economics major, the same as, uh, as as me. You know, of course, he came out of Indiana as a sophomore and we both had aspirations to uh, to go to law school. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, once my career and this is kind of fast forwarding, once my uh, basketball career ended, I got into banking and I was with uh, Bank of America's predecessor, Nations Bank, and uh, in the private bank underwriting the high net worth clients. And I got a call, uh, and it was uh, one of the salespersons. I was an underwriter, and they said, Isaiah Thomas is a client. And the salesperson had never talked to him. I said, well, let me talk. And this was, this was probably 10 or 12 years after I had last talked to him. And I started talking to him and I said, uh, you know, Isaiah, we have a couple of questions that we want to ask my manager don't quite understand. And the first thing he said, well, Donnie, I'm glad uh, 
um, I'm talking to you because those bankers don't know anything they're talking about. I'm like, damn, Isaiah, I'm a banker now, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was, but, he was dissing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, when I came back to, um, and I said it earlier, in '84, at the conclusion of that PBA season, I came back to the U.S. Uh, actually, went out to play in the LA Summer League, and it was in San Diego that year. And I was on a rookie free agent team. Uh, I was on a team with, uh, played with Billy Ray Bates. That's the first time I played with him. And Danny Ainge, who uh, I, I think he had been drafted by the, uh, the Pist- uh, excuse me, the Celtics. So we were on uh, the same team. So from that uh, experience as a rookie free agent in 84, the Pistons invited me back to camp. Well, actually, the, the LA, uh, the, the Pistons and the Clippers. And I was torn as to, uh, do, do I go back to Detroit, home I had tried out four back in 81, or go to the L.A. Clippers? The ironic thing is that for the Clippers, Don Chaney was the head coach of the Clippers. Don Chaney was also the assistant coach with the, with the Pistons, and he kind of knew me and, you know, knew Maxwell, and I just, you know, I said, I, I go back to Detroit. In that time in 84, I was the, uh, I was the last player cut the night before the season started. Which was very uh, disheartening. Mm-hmm. So how, how does how how does that feel? I mean, how how do they tell you that that you're cut? Is it straightforward? <laughs> do they do it with some you know? Uh, well, yeah. The uh, it, it, the the, uh, the interesting thing is the trainer is Mike was Mike Abdenauer, and I kind of got close to him during the LA Summer League, uh, my uh, rookie year, and. Now I think he's like assistant general manager. But anyway, we had played, I think, the Boston Celtics uh, in Toronto or somewhere. We flew back into Detroit, and um, it's like 9 o'clock at night. And he comes up to me. He said, Donnie, uh, uh, we've got some bad news. We've decided to cut me and Ray Tolbert that night. And, um, you know, we're going to – Bring, well, he didn't tell me who they were going to bring in. The next thing he said was, can you make a flight back to Charlotte tonight? I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Get on the flight. And this is 8.39 o'clock. You jump on 11 o'clock, and we were in Southfield, Michigan. I said, you know, if it's okay with you, um, I'll just leave out in the morning. But, you know, it's when you're that close, uh, players on the team, Terry Tyler, John Long. I mean, they had taken me to the tellers there in Detroit. They were like, Donnie, you got this team made. Um, and you go from that to, well, I'm unemployed now. So what do I do next? Yeah, yeah. That must have been, I guess it's tough all the time. But just just a guy, it's a little trivia because I did some research on the 1981 uh, NBA draft. We had a guest just a few weeks ago from that same draft. His name's also Listener. Uh, yep. Yeah, you, of course, you played for the Bucks and all that. So that's he's yep. from the he's a first round draftee together. And then there's a bunch of guys who were imports in the PBA drafted in 1981 as well, uh, starting with Mike McGee, right? Who, who became an import after his, his his NBA career, and then Rudy Macklin, who played for okay. Shell. Yep. Yeah. And then Lewis Lloyd, who played yep. for Sarge. Mm-hmm. Then Clinton Wheeler played for Hinebra. Uh, Derek Rowland. Jay, what team? Derek Roland. Derek Roland, Shell. Okay. And then you have uh, Julius Wayne. Yeah, uh, Toyota. 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 
Curtis Berry for Tandway was drafted by the Kansas City Kings. Adam Azuri. And Lewis Lloyd, by the way, was picked uh, 13 slots ahead of you at 76. You were number 89. He was number 76. And then there's a guy, Steve Lingerfelter, big Uh center, drafted Hmm. by the Bullets in the the third round or fourth round. (laughs) He played for the Philippine national team. Oh, did he? Okay. As a a naturalized player. Steve Lingerfelter. So these are the guys that have PBA connections or Philippine basketball connections in that 1981 NBA draft. So you're not alone uh, there, okay. Ray. But of course, you're, you're probably the, the most famous one. So uh, you know who came came here and became best team. But the rest of those guys were, you know, they just they just came by. Anyway, so so okay. So you you said you went to the CBA. Yep. For the Atlantic City High Rollers, guys. Lots of funny stories about the CBA that we've read through the years. How was it? <laughs> you know what. Uh, so we had, I think, seven players on the team and, um, oh boy, um, we would play, we were actually in Wildwood, New Jersey, which was about a hundred miles south of Atlantic City. And there were teams in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Billy Ray played for the Maine Lumberjacks. Uh, there was a team in Rochester, New York, uh, which was a 12 hour drive from, uh, Wildwood, New Jersey. So... At the beginning of the season, when we played in Rochester, we would go up the night before, spend the night, play the game the next day. And then towards the end of the season, when when it, we weren't quite sure if we were going to make the playoffs, uh, we would leave Wildwood, New Jersey, like at 6, 6.30 in the morning, drive 12 hours, get out of the van, and play the basketball game. <laughs> so it, it was – and we had a driver – and some, and I remember one night we left Rochester, New York after the game. We had to go to Bangor, Maine, and me and another guy ended up driving. I mean, it was, it was rough. I mean, it was. Uh, we played the second time I played. We were in. I was in Evansville, Indiana, and we played in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So you traveled the cheapest way you could. We took a flight from Albuquerque to Atlanta, Georgia, from Atlanta, Georgia, to Louisville, Kentucky. Then we took a van from Louisville over to Evansville, Indiana. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, but, it, but you know what? It was um, the, the caliber of guys you played against, Billy Ray Bates, uh, Tico Brown, Norman Black, Jackie Dorsey, Curtis Berry, Jerome. What was Jerome's name? He played with Curtis on at Ecotone. Henderson. Henderson. Jerome Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, all of these guys we played against. And uh, at the time, you were looking. Everybody, of course, was trying to get into the NBA. And if not then or there, it was the Philippines or wherever you could go. Uh, Basketball, because I think Norman played somewhere in South America before he came to the Philippines. And if you were fortunate enough to get into Italy, I know they had three different divisions in Italy. And then there was a league in Belgium. Uh, But, you know. We were thirsty. We were young. We wanted to play ball, and you know, you're not married. You, you made enough money to live off of. We weren't getting rich by no stretch of the imagination, but you were chasing that dream. Um, I played the last year. I played in eighty. Oh, what year was it? Eighty, eighty-five. I think it was. I played with a guy that you may have heard of the name Bad News Barn, Marvin Barn. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I was probably 24, 25 and he was probably he was in his early 30s. And he said, I'm not I'm just I'm just news now. I'm not bad news anymore. But, you know, it it ran the gambit. I was, you know, fortunate, 
had some success there and, you know, was able to get a banking career after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no bounce checks for you in the CBA? Uh, I'm sorry. Francois Weiss uh, in the CBA, uh, no bounce checks? Uh, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, no, no, <laughs> no bounce checks. <laughs> no, no, for, because Francois Weiss was telling us a story when, uh, about his CBA experience. He was lining up in the bank. Uh, he was going to cash uh, his, his check, his salary, and he was with his teammate. And his teammate uh, was the first one to the teller, and he was able to get his money. But when it went his turn, uh, the teller just said that, oh, there's no more money in the account, sorry. I had one bounce check in my basketball career and uh, Ricky Silverio, if he's alive, I don't think he would mind me saying it because when I left, when I left the Philippines at the end of the first year I was there, um, he wrote me a check and, and I, and I took it. And the reason I took it is because I already signed a contract to go back to play with San Miguel in a couple of months. So, and this was around December <laughs> right before Christmas, and I go to the bank, and the the check bounced. So I called Ricky. I said, "Ricky, I just went to the bank, and the check bounced." He said, "You know, Donnie, I apologize. I had to put a propeller on my helicopter and saw some cash in that account. Don't worry about it." <laughs> but I tell you what, after that, I um, and, and and Toyota, you could have, you know, they allowed us to have two phone calls a, a week or some month or something like that. The next year when I was with San Miguel and thereafter, I always, because neg- we didn't have cell phones, I negotiated in my contract that I could have a couple of phone calls because I said, I'm not going to leave the Philippines again without having all my money. But, you know, the, the team, and that, and that was one of the things about the, the PBA. Uh, even back then, Lou Massey and some of the guys I played against, Norman Black, they, you know, told the war stories in some of the other countries where teams didn't pay you. To my knowledge, that never happened to any imports there or players in the Philippines. I mean, they, you came over, you signed your contract, and you got paid. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, we'll hear yeah. No, I think they have a reputation of that. That's what I, that's yeah. what I read about. Yeah. Great reputation. And then, so your, your CBA, because of your CBA stint, and then, uh, you know, you suddenly – um, who who went over to to scout you uh, from from there? Was it Edo Campo himself? He flew to the states and he watched you play. Uh, that's correct. And and like I said, I think he was looking at Andre Makata. Andre Makata was six three guard. He was also on the. I know he played with Bill Walton at UCLA, and at the time, Andre was probably in his early thirties. Great ball handler, and um, you know from. I don't know how many times he watched this play, but the next thing I knew is that I was getting a call saying, uh, you know, you want to go to the Philippines and play basketball? Uh, sure. Um, Donnie, just to clarify as far as the timeline is concerned, um, you were a replacement for uh, Arnie Dogger, Arnold Dogger, right? Um, did Ed Ocampo, uh, did, uh, did Ocampo come over um, while Dogger was already playing with Toyota or was uh, uh, did he see you prior to the start of the season? I guess he must have seen me prior to the start of the season because I think the, uh, oh, I guess the reinforced conference was the first conference. And I, you know, I remember coming over, it was Easter uh, weekend. Okay. And land in Manila, don't see anybody. Well, you see uh, all the Filipinos on the plane. I think I rode uh, Philippine Airlines, flew Philippine mm-hmm. Airlines coming over. And I get to Manila and people said, it's not like this. People are going out to the provinces. So, uh, 
you know, I was like, where's everybody? Where am I? I'm in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, he uh, apparently came over. He and, oh, um, another coach for Eco Tunwa. I think they, they used to come to the U.S. together and scout players. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you heard you were supposed to go to the Philippines, you're being offered to play in the Philippines. Had you heard of the Philippines prior to that? Did you know where it was on the map? Well, uh, I had heard of it. Didn't know exactly where it was. I mean, I grabbed the map and said, okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> down here, down here. Okay. Yeah. okay. And then your first impression when you got here, I mean, you know, when you... When you got, I guess they brought you straight to your hotel or your condo or wherever you were staying. Oh, no, or in the Toyota quarters, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I stayed in the uh, Manila Peninsula the first two or three oh, nights. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ed Ocampo, Butch Seguia, uh, Ricky Silverio. I mean, they they treated me like royalty. I mean, it was, you know, this is where you are. We went by the quarters. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I had no qualms i mean they they welcomed me to the team we went to practice uh sonny jaworski he called me over we talked and uh, it was get out here let's play basketball because once you get on the basketball court uh things kind of take care of themselves uh, what i <laughs> it took me a while to get adjusted to sonny because he would say you know in the u.s when you want somebody to come to you you go like this come here and sonny would do like that i'm like what what does that mean <laughs> 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 but we're here again you know sonny and francis and mom fernandez and you know it, it and it was a veteran team as we said so i just okay what do i need to do to fit in uh, you know that's the big thing and 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 I quickly learned that uh, if your team didn't win, you better have scored about forty some points. You know, and, and talking with Norman and Lou Massey, and I'm looking at these guys, and they're averaging forty, forty five points. I'm like, wow! And I'm only averaging like twenty points. But Ed never said anything because you know Ed was a very good coach a great coach and he knew his players he knew how to push certain certain buttons and you know he knew it was a he had a lot of superstars on the team and it was part of his job was to get the superstars to play together for a common goal and at that time my job defense rebound hit the open shot and just be a team player um, I just like to say there's two guys. There are two guys watching right now. One of them is Ricky Rolosta. He says you're one of the best imports in the PBA. Simple but effective, just like Andrew Fields. Yeah. Ricky Rolosta just said. Yeah. And then there's someone watching right now. His name is Ramon Valdez, and he says hello, Donnie, your former team driver in Toyota, Ramon oh. Valdez. I don't know yeah. if you remember him, but yeah, he's I watching do. right now. I know. I did. It was, and, and those were, you know, Mr. Legaspi, Ramon, uh, even when I was with San Miguel, uh, Romy, you know, those guys I really missed. I mean, they, you know, it, uh, and, and Legs, when he would drive you around, I had a tour of precedent. He would say, drives like a Mercedes. I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I just, how long was your contract, Donnie? When you when you arrived here, how how long was it? Because you, you ended up staying the entire season until the third conference. But initially, was it was it for the was it for the year or was it just for a couple of months and then they extended it? 
Uh, you know what? I, well, I, I suppose for the year. I, I, have, I still have it. You know, I stayed the year, so that's all I can say. I, you know, so for the whole year, and I, I tell you a story. At the end of the year, um, you know, we had won two two championships. I, I'm hearing some feedback, so I don't know if you guys are as well. But we had won two championships, and uh, Rickett Mario came to me. This was in December. He said, "Hey, Donnie." Um, couple of things that um, uh, he talk to me about your phone bill because I was calling my fiance a couple times a week for nine months and he said your phone bill is nine thousand dollars I said whoa nine thousand dollars he said yes <laughs> then he said and also uh, uh, President Marcus wants you to play in an exhibition game in the local Norte against uh, Gilbert's Jen home we played in the championship, but I said, you know what? I'll do it if you take care of the phone bill and if you can have me in the United States by Christmas Day. <laughs> and, and that happened. Uh, that was an interesting story. And I, I told my mother-in-law about that. She said, well, you guys should have saved that money instead of all those phone calls. Uh, Donnie, what was your first impression when you uh, in your first practice with the players, with the coaches, everything, uh, uh, the, the facilities, basically? Well, you know, it's you're still jet lagged, mm -hmm. uh, but you know you got to get out there and perform. Mm -hmm. And here again, uh, I'm trying to think if I, I know we ran plays, but I don't know if it was. I, I'm pretty sure they, you know, here are the plays. Here's who you're going to be guarding. Go do it. Uh, and, and you, coming out of, out of college, I was really a defensive specialist. Mm -hmm. And so I always knew that I could, I could hold my own defensively, playing against anybody. Uh, so, and, and then you, you start running the plays. And, of course, you, you do some stuff. You loosen up and you observe your, your teammates. What can they do? What they, can they not do? Uh, and you you assess their skill level, and you go from there. I mean, once you get once you get on the court, and and and, and so what I what I uh, and part of my personality, I wasn't looking to be the star. I just wanted to. I, I, you know, I was trying to make money. <laughs> I wanted to get back to the NBA, and I found a group of good people. Uh, the players were very nice, uh, treated me well. Uh, you know, had me over to their house. So you just go from there. And the objective is, again, you want to win. So that's what you did. Now, then you get to Arden at the Coliseum at the time. And, of course, when we played Christopher, there would be 25,000 fans there. Uh, and, and you just – this is basketball. I love basketball, and the teammates loved it, and you got out there and you played. Yeah. Uh, Don, you, you, uh, you mentioned earlier you came in as a replacement for Arnold Duggar. Um, and I think it, he, it, it was already uh, mid, mid middle part of the elimination round where they had already played maybe three or four games uh, when you came in. But I remember in the elimination round, Toyota struggled then. He had like a 10-8 record in the eliminations. And then San Miguel was really uh, leading the pack. Um, right. But, you know, uh, everything everything changed in the playoffs. Uh, what, uh, what triggered that uh, that sudden turnaround for Theo that led to that championship? Well, you know, those guys were winners. Um, and 
you know, when, when, when the gold medal was on the line, they pushed themselves. And if you recall, Sonny was hurt. Uh, when I got yeah. there, he had a thigh injury. So he yeah. wasn't playing a lot. Um, and uh, so you had Mal Fernandez, you had uh, Abe King, who was you know, really, you know, feeling this way. Francis Arnais, Donnie Fluencio. And so I guess we were really looking for the scores. And so Ed put in the offense. He put in the, and he, Ed was big on defense and he was big on moving the ball. And uh, one thing when you, when you get to the playoff round and you're playing team, and that was the first time I had experienced being in the playoffs where you're playing every other day and your body kind of gets into a rhythm. You know, you know, you got to rest up after the game. You got a day's rest, and you're gonna play again. And things just started clicking. Uh, things started clicking. Yeah. Yeah, you had a memorable semifinal best of five series against Crispa. I remember that you were up against Glenn Hagan, and it uh, went the distance of five games. Right. Um, what were your uh, most memorable experiences from that series? Because you know, Crispa and Teora, whenever they get together, right, it's, right. it's crazy. I'm just glad I didn't have to guard Glenn Hagen all the time. I mean, I, I was looking at your top imports for Crisp and Toyota. And I, I remember the um, announcers, PPA announcers, they said Glenn Hagen was very shifty. And he was. I mean, it was hard to guard him. He was six foot one, very elusive to shoot the ball. Then you had Philip Cesar. Uh, you had, um, who were the other players with Crisp? Uh, the- oh, oh, yes. Uh, Ate Cole had the unconventional shot, but he would come down right-handed, and he would have his right foot forward on the fly, and he would hit three-pointer. It was, they were just tough game. I mean, a, a lot of pride was on the line, and it didn't take you long as an import um, uh, understanding the rivalry, and you were just glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that Chris Toyota, that whole thing about Chris Toyota is crazy. All the all the guests we've had who are from either team tell us about how how nasty it was, especially in the earlier years when you came in. That was, it's actually about to end already. But but um, in Toyota itself, um, you know, it's it's come to the knowledge of the fans in in more recent years that in 1982 there was a rift going on already internally. In the Toyota team, were you aware of that? I mean, of course, this was the Mon Fernandez, Sonny Jaworski thing going on already, and and uh, apparently they weren't getting along that well anymore. Of course, Mon has had a chance to explain what happened on this show. Uh, Coach Sonny has yet to to be on on the show, but but the, were you aware of that? And and did you observe anything going on really in the locker room? And how were you able to to refocus yourself despite that going on? <laughs> um, well. A riff, no. I, I I could sense, you know, it's trying to um, to make its way. Um, but I, I would tell you, uh, I remember telling Lou Massey in the in the uh, in, uh, at one point in time during the playoffs, and and we're playing defense, and you know, playing defense, you're taught, you know, ball, you keep your eye on the ball, keep your eye on, you know, keep stay between the ball and your man. And I'm looking around. I'm seeing Mon Fernandez doing the same thing. I'm seeing Sonny Jaworski. I said, these guys know how to play. I, you know, so whatever the issue may be, and I wasn't aware of that. When 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 push came to shove, and they knew the importance of winning the game, we would win. And I remember, I remember one game. 
we went out there, had we won, I can't recall which team it was, had we won, we'd have been automatically in the playoffs. We lost by about 25 points. I scored like 22 points. Um, no, actually, I scored, I think, 63 points. Those were the most that I've scored because something wasn't going right with the team. We played mm-hmm. the same team two days later, uh, and I saw my players, Sonny and, and Mon Fernandez and Francis, uh, Francis on ice. I tell you, he would be coming down the court, and we, when he started rolling, you couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. I only scored 20 points, and we blew him out by about 20 or 25. So I said, you know, when these guys are clicking, uh, couldn't nobody stop us. Then you had, we talked earlier about uh, Ani Twilas coming off the bench. I mean, he was a great, you know, forward that was on our team. And um, we, we have a lot of talent, and it made it easy for all of us once we all started playing with Abe King. We talked about that. He would get in and beat up on the Americans on the other team, so I didn't have to start. You know, Abe King, Ricky Relosa, those guys. And it was just, Donnie, where do you fit in? Is it rebounding? Is it defense? Um, clogging the middle, those kinds of things. And, and what you – we moved the basketball. We played team basketball. Nobody would, you know, Moan had his moves in the post. So when he got the ball, you kind of spread out and let him do his thing. But nobody kept the ball. You moved it to the open man. You took the open shot. There was no animosity. If you missed a shot, you missed a shot. Let's go back on defense and play ball. That's right. Okay. And then eventually you went to the finals. Um, that was against San Miguel, right? And then yep. it was crazy because what happened against San Miguel was you were always down. You were down 0-2. That's right. And then you recovered. And then you're down again because you lose game five. So you're down 2-3. And then you recover and then you win the next two games. So how was that like for you guys? What were you guys talking about? And, and you personally, I'm sure at night after practice, you be thinking we're down. I got to, you know, obviously they're relying on me as the import because you have to be Superman when you're an import here, as you said earlier. Yep. So what, what you know? So what was the thought process? You know, being down in a series twice and then having to come back. Well, I don't know if it was all of the Americans, but it was. It was obvious to me that if you lost, you had to produce. And Ed Ocampo assured me, you know, I didn't have to score the way Norman Black scored or Lou Massey scored. We had to play team basketball. And as I mentioned earlier, and and. Yeah, I can't recall being down like that, but I, I do know that several times the team we got together, we had dinners, and we 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 bonded. We okay, this is what we have to do. Uh, we got on the court the next night and we pulled out a victory. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with the a number of play, you know, San Miguel. To be honest with you, they um, uh, we had much more talent. You know, they had Manny Panair and. And Norman Black, and trying to think who they had on, who else they had on the team, uh, but we had more talent. And you know, I knew that if we could, you couldn't start stop Norman, but if you warmed down enough that in the fourth quarter, if you missed one or two shots, you had a chance to win it there. So, but you know, Norman averaged maybe forty-five points and about twenty-five rebounds. Right, that's right. That's yep. right. They had their point guard was Marty Saldana. He's actually watching right now. His sister just posted that. That's Marty's oh, okay. watching. Yep. The mighty mighty, yep. I love the mighty mighty. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, he was he was a, a rookie of the year as well in in the PBA. So that sounds crazy. I mean, you know, the, what what a recovery for Toyota. But that just set the tone for how the season would go. Um, so you won the championship in that first that first conference. Second conference comes in. It's that short tournament, the Asian yeah. Invitational, is what they called it. You know, the team from Korea was here, and then I remember. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you remember. Uh, what, what, what most people remember, though, is, is Terry Saldana uh, getting his thing going against the Koreans uh, in, in, the, in the battle for third place, you know, which probably cost him the Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, because he, he, you know, he's flying kick and all of that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. then Lee Chung Hee, Lee Chung Hee scoring fifty-four points against against, uh, you. against you guys. Yeah. Did you guard him? Were you the one assigned guarding Lee Chung Hee that game? If he scored that many, no. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I was going to say you're going to say no. <laughs> so, but do you remember him, Lee Chung Hee, because he was a thorn in the side of of uh, all the yeah. Asian countries at the time. Right. Yeah. No, you know what? I I, I can't remember. I, you know, I may I have some clippings. I have to go back and look at it. And I have some hey, Betamax from the years I played in the Philippines. I got to find a yeah. Betamax player or get it converted. But yeah, fifty-four. Now we should have done something about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But you won the game. But you won the game. Yeah. So it's all right. Okay. Well, right. that's the most important thing. But no, it's I didn't guard him. <laughs> the game is actually on YouTube right now. Um, I, you won 124-118. You scored like 27 points. Uh, and Lee Chung, he stopped scoring on the nine-minute mark. Hmm. That's what I thought he did. That's right. <laughs> Wait, so he, he didn't score in the last nine minutes. That's right. He scored 54 already. So he, he would have probably right. gotten 50-something. Wow. No, that guy was crazy. That guy could throw it up from anywhere. Yeah. And you were down by 16. Huh? I, I think the score was like 105-89. You were down by 16 at the nine-minute mark. And then you still won 124, 118. It's impressive. You know, we used to fast break. You get the ball fast out. Break. And, you know, if you recall, if sometimes Mong Fernandez would grab a rebound and would push that's it up right. the court. So you just fill the lanes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the thing with Mon. He could do everything. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. He, he just bring yeah. that up. No, but, but were you there in the middle of that fight, the, the Korea game? <laughs> Where were you, <laughs> you know when that happened? I remember that. I, I I don't know all the. I can't remember the details. But I do remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Donnie, my question to you is: When you started your first game in the PBA, uh, did anyone give you uh, you know a welcome to the PBA move? Uh, not that I can can think of. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, for the most part, the. Um, uh, you know, the, the players played a fair game of basketball. I mean, I think maybe once or twice I may have gone up for a jump shot and somebody stuck the, the feet out from under me. And, of course, I, you know, the time I caught an alley-oop and, uh, you know, came down on Sanchez. But they wouldn't give you much room to come down. And mm-hmm. and I think, to be honest with you, <clears throat> um, until Billy Ray Bates came over and he was just dunking over everybody, you, you kind of, okay, I'm not going to go in there and try to dunk because you know, there were some players that would challenge you and, and take you out of the air, but Billy was so strong. And, and I think most of the Filipino players ran from Billy. So, yeah, I mean, you they, no cheap shots. Um, I, used to, I used to love gar- guarding Yo-Yo uh, Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> Martinez. Mm. I would just clown with him because, you know, he was so short and sometimes mm-hmm. he had put me on him but no i mean no cheap shots you got out there you played hard and you know it, it, it was a, a profession we were all out there trying to earn a living uh we of course we all wanted to to win not everybody could win but no no, no cheap shots when you, said, I mean, you used the term clown when you said around with you know that he became a comedian on tv until now 
Oh, I didn't know that. And he's a comedian on TV, and he's been making people laugh ever since. And he's a vice mayor as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he's a politician and a clown. So is that the oh, same really? thing sometimes? He was so short. And, you know, I mean, once I kind of felt like I belonged and the people, you know, appreciated me, then I could do some stuff like that. And, and, and the, the fans would just laugh. I would pick him up in the backcourt like I'm really playing hard defense on him. And he was so short. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, those were some of the fun times uh, <laughs> that I played. <laughs> And then, of course, in the third conference, uh, you were teamed up with with uh, with the second import who had been here many times before. His name's Andrew Fields. Exactly. And, and, and so, so, but did you, did you mention you knew him prior to to being together, or did you just meet when you were teamed up at Toyota? I met uh, when we teamed up with Toyota. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. How and was it? You, did you click right away? <laughs> click right away. Here again, um, you know. Andy was uh, was one of those players. He could dominate uh, a game, and he didn't have to score. He, defensively and getting rebounds, if you recall, he would get those rebounds and throw those long outlet passes. And, uh, you know, he didn't complain if he didn't shoot. Uh, if he didn't get shots, he was there. He was blocking shots and doing those kind of – like I said, he was the best big man I've ever played with. Uh, he could when he did get the ball, he could, you knew he was going to score or he was going to get fouled, and defensively, uh, he just shut down the lane. So I, you know, it was just a great time playing with them. Yeah, some people, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, some Jay. people would say that um, when Jurisky went down, it became somewhat providential because you became the point guard for the team. Mm -hmm. um, during the time when the Big J was there, what role did you play, or what position did you play? You know what? I, I think I was a forward because you had uh, Francis Arnais and the Big J. Hey, and, and then you had Mon Fernandez and myself. And I'm trying to think who the other starter Abby was. Abby King. Abby King. That's and right. so, I, you know, they didn't need me to bring the ball up the court necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, Sonny and, 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 and Francis did that. And so I, I was wherever I needed to be, uh, you know, uh, and, and I probably tried to get more offensive rebounds and score that way if yeah, I didn't get the, if the play didn't come through me. And we did a lot of fast breaking, so there were there were ample opportunities to score against uh, the fast break. Um, and, and then, you know, once you I did kind of hit my stride and hitting a, you know the, the, the three point shot. I mean, cool, right. three points. You hit a three pointer. You hit another <laughs> one, and things just kind of took off from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone said earlier on the comment box that uh, he remembers your first shot in the PBA. I don't know if you remember this too. Was a corner three pointer. That's oh. what one of the fans just said. So, oh. uh, and these I, fans are these fans are rabid fans. So he's probably right. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's really. Yeah, but yeah, you and Andrew Fields were just so. Yeah, you just you just seamlessly worked together, and that was a, that was great. So two out of three championships, Toyota won. But then, as you said, when you, right after the season ended, you already had a contract with San Miguel. Exactly. How, how did that happen? They were tampering? That's what they call tampering. Mucho pesos. You can tamper yeah. all you want to. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and, and I think uh, Ed Ocampo had an agreement um, because, you know, at the time, um, depending on the strength of your Philippine players you were for the uh, reinforced conference you could either get 
uh, if you had a weak all Filipino team, you could get an American as tall as six five. And Toyota, the year I came, it was six foot three. And if you had a strong yeah. team, which apparently CRISPR did, it was six one was the height limitation. Yeah. But they had Glenn Hagen, and uh, you know apparently I did well enough that uh, uh, San Miguel, no, no, Eva Sada, they you know offered me the opportunity to play with them. But yeah. I, I do recall there being um, a conversation with Ed, a gentleman's agreement that okay, yes, Donnie can play with you guys. Mm -hmm. and Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think '83, since Toyota did so well in '82, they were the ones uh, that were slapped with that high restriction on imports. That's right. Yep. So, yeah, so I think they bought Kevin Porter Yeah, Kevin Porter. Yeah, and then he was replaced by I think Julius Wayne, Julius Wayne right. uh, who, who also was only six one. So that's why you weren't able to. Uh, Sign up again with Toyota, and he went to San Miguel. Right. Am I right, Jay? Am I right, Jay? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Jay is our PBA uh, historian, so yeah. Okay. Think about the PBA. Jay knows. Yeah, he's the one who knows everything about the PBA. That's that's Jay. But the San Miguel experience, as I said earlier, I told you when we were not uh, alive yet. I, you know, you had better numbers when you were with San Miguel, but not too many people even remembered that you played. For San Miguel, uh, maybe because you know no championships, uh, it wasn't as successful as, as in 1982. But uh, you know, I, it was a great year for you. You, you played uh, with some great guys as well. You played with Rich Adams, who who was a pretty yep. good big big import. Um, and then you had, as you mentioned, Mighty Might Manny Paner, who was one of the greatest centers earlier in the PBA. Yeah, you know, he was he was a bit on the, on the backside of his career back back then, but he was bull strong. And all of that. So, how, how was that experience under Coach Nat Canson? You know, um, well, which means I had to score more, um, and that was very obvious. That uh, you're going to have to produce. We didn't have the talent, as I said, with the Toyota team. So, uh, I had to do Yeoman's job, pretty much like Norman Black had to do previously. So, I think I probably ended up averaging 38, 40 points a game, about 15 rebounds. Uh, but the, the good thing was I, I could count on Manny Panera. I could count on uh, Marty Sedania uh, that they were going to do certain things. And uh, I knew that if I had to take the big shot, I would. But I also knew that that Marty could hit uh, the open shot. And there was a couple of other players who didn't produce a lot. But you can you kind of counted on everybody to pitch in and, and – uh, to make the team successful. No, we didn't win a championship, um, but it was an opportunity for me to, 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 to display my offensive skills, which I didn't have to do as much with Toyota. I'll just read to you the, the names on the lineup, uh, just to refresh your memory. Limang Beng. Yep. Limang Beng was there. Uh, you had Jess uh, Miguel Bean, B-Boy Ravanes, Etok Lobo, Anthony Dasalia, rest in peace. Mm. Uh, Jerry Samlani, Rudy Lalota, uh, Fritz Gaston, and, oh, yeah. and Bokio, Bokio Lauchenko. Oh, yeah. Those were your, those were your teammates. Fritz, uh, Fritz was trying to come back from a knee injury. I remember that. He mm -hmm. played hard, had the knee injury. Uh, Jess Migglebean, he was, uh, he could shoot. You know, Jess was about 6'2, six, 6'3. And right. always, he was one of those, if I could get a little more out of Jesse, that would be great. Uh, but he did what he, you know, he could do. Um, 
uh, Lehman Bing, I love playing with Lehman Bing. He was a very experienced point guard. He he had he wasn't really quick, but he could get his shot off. So mm-hmm. he was one of those you could count on to, you know, 10, 12 points a game. Um, you know, we, we just didn't have the kind of talent we had Toyota. But here again, it's pushing each other in practice, pushing each other in the game, talking to one another, uh, uh, working to achieve the same goal. That's to win basketball games. And despite no championships uh, for that season, San Miguel did accomplish a, a few things, the one of which was That's to right. defeat Crispa uh, and break Crispa's 21-game winning streak, which you know stretched over from, from the previous year. And then San Miguel was the one that broke that, and that, that, that was uh, a big reason was, was, of course, Tony Ray Coons. But at this oh. juncture, we'll, we'll get into that. No? But at this juncture, we just like to remind everybody, Bianks, that we are part of the Globally Balling Network, Eternity of Basketball. And of course, on the Globally Balling Network, there's a new show, Five Minutes With. Catch that all the time. Our first guest is Nico Salva. We're also part of the Globally Balling Network. Where you can go to globallyballing.com where there have been 4.6 million minutes of listens and views. So let's contribute to that. You can catch the Globally Balling Podcast, Hang Time, Ronda, and an Eternity of Basketball on YouTube and all the social media. Check that out. Eternity of Basketball is on YouTube and on Spotify and Anchor as well. Catch all our episodes on the go. And subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so you can watch all the previous episodes if you haven't already or watch them over and over again. So here we are, episode 65 with Donnie Ray Coons. And we were talking about CRISPA. Let's talk about CRISPA. They were dominant in 1983, primarily because uh, of BRB. Yeah? Because <laughs> we, we, we announced that we're going to have an import. We teased it first. We're going to have an import, former import, uh, who went by his first two names. And so people... Uh-huh. People immediately commented, it's either Donnie Ray or Billy Ray, right? And of course, we got <laughs> Donnie Ray because we can't find Billy Ray uh, also because we don't know where. You, you never know. You never know where Billy Ray Bates is, right? Even when he's in front of you, you never know where he is. But uh, that was crazy because you they were winning. They were killing everybody, Donnie. And then you guys defeated them. San Miguel, do you remember that game? That Were you aware that there was that streak that, that you had a chance to break? Uh, wasn't aware. Um, you know... When you got to play against Billy Bates, that's what you're focusing on. And you know the funny thing is, before the game, uh, we'd be in layup lines, and Billy Ray was one of those guys you look on the other end of the court like, wow, (laughs) this guy could jump out of the gym, he could shoot the basketball, he was strong, he was big, and you, how can we, how can you defeat it? And you just tried to do all you could uh, to uh, to take him down. So, no, I wasn't aware that they had a 21-game win streak, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. We have a special guest. Well, this is Noel. He's, he's our usual guest, uh, our usual host, rather. Um, but, yeah, he's joining us right now. So, Noel, this is Donnie. But right now... We have a special guest. Hi, Donnie. 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 Noel is, Noel is not our special band. guest. Noel so is just a guest. Yeah. He's not special. Hi, Noel. But yeah, yeah. We have a special guest. Can you, can you let him in? Here's a guest for you, Donnie. His name is Andy. <laughs> hey, Andy. Hey, it's your friend, Donnie, right there. Oh. How you guys doing? You all right? That's, that's, that's <laughs> What's going on, Donnie? You all right? <laughs> I'm doing fine, man. I think I Googled you and you were in the New Jersey area. Is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm still in the Carolinas. Yeah, I came, uh, came back home. Okay. Uh, okay. See, yeah, I didn't know you, you know, were. T- t- today, uh, today was a. Uh, they uh, celebrated uh, James Hardy. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. You didn't yeah. get to play yeah, against yeah. him, did you? Uh, they, 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 they had uh, his funeral on the day, and it was online, and I, I just got oh, home really? not long ago. Mm. Yeah, you know, in remembrance of him. Yeah. He's, uh, okay. You know, well, we, we, we just 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 like you know, you talk about uh, Norman Black and all them guys that she was hanging right. out with. Well, when right. I was over there, for the most part, I you know, James Hardy was one of the guys when we traveled back and forth, stopping um Hawaii and hang out there for a little bit stuff like that so okay yeah we took a moment today to, uh, you know oh. to um honor him you know it's uh mm-hmm. it was just a sad loss you know oh yeah that's away on the 29th December. Uh, sorry, yeah, just, sorry. So, yeah, for, for those who for those who aren't aware you're looking uh, good? Uh, yeah andy's andy's talking about james hardy former crispa import who just passed away a couple of days ago yeah. so yeah rest in peace james but anyway yeah you guys you know when's the last time you guys saw each other donnie and andy I guess it had to be in what eighty one, eighty two, because I don't think I've crossed our paths crossed in the CBA. Um, wow, eighty two. That's, yep. that's like that's thirty nine years ago. Thirty nine years ago. Yeah, and he's gone. What happened? He lost his connection. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Okay, there you are. He's back. He's back. Yeah, it's thirty nine years. Thirty nine years ago. Yeah, well, that's what eighty three. Believe that was when um. We we was together hanging out and um, exactly actually and, and what happened with that is and I don't hear, I don't come on and take over anything but when I came to play with Donnie at that time um, that was a year in which this the uh, cycle had changed where it, it it changed to like almost a six month gap so when I came there to play with him you know I was kind of a little bit out of shape because I had assumed that the cycle was going to be the same when you just be off for like a month or so and be right back. So it took me a while to just, number one, to get myself in shape, but then number two, of course, to get adjusted to everything. And, you know, but uh, uh, Donnie was carrying the load for us. You know, he was definitely, uh, <laughs> he, could, he could definitely, uh, he could score. You know? well, and that was a relief when you could get somebody to depend yeah. on that to happen for you. You know, so. Andy, you, you're being kind. I, I told the guys earlier, maybe you heard grabbing those rebounds. And, you know, with the teammates we had, yeah. I, mean, I just had to, when you when you got the open layup, put it in the basket and play defense. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we moved the ball. I mean, it, it was a joy to play on the team. That The ball, you know, one of the things you see it now, the ball sometimes sticks in one player's hand. But yeah, that didn't happen. Right. You move the ball yeah, to the open player. That's right. Everybody had an opportunity to to, to show their their talents with, with with Toyota, and that was really a good thing. And I wanted to do a shout out. I don't know who's watching, but um, congratulations to Ramon Fernandez for his appointment. I thought that that was an honorable thing for him to get that job. That was a good good thing. I, I read about it today on Facebook. So okay. Yeah, he's uh, I, I can't I can't remember the position, but I think he's a commissioner for the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a commissioner for the sports commission, and he's been appointed the head of mission for the Philippine team to the Southeast Asian Games right. that will be happening right. later this year. So he's going to be the okay. the head of the entire delegation. Yeah. Well, congratulations to him. 
Well, <laughs> I might get out there. I don't know about the plan, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, it's a no-no for me. I, 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 I would be scared to even think that I could touch the rim, yet alone think about dunking, right? <laughs> I, know, I know I'll pull something, you know what I'm saying? But, hey. I, I play. You know what? When I do get out there and play, I'm 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 content to shooting jump shots. <laughs> That's, right. That's a relief. Yep. But let let me let you guys go, man. It's good to see. You. I just want to come on and holler at you, and uh, you know, continue success. I hear about your career being in banking and stuff. So well, uh, keep that thank going. You. All hey, right. hey, man. Great talking to you. Great seeing you. Yes. Yeah, All right. All right. okay. Thanks for coming on, Andy. Thanks sure. for coming Andy. on. Thanks, Andy. You got this is the craziest <laughs> thing since nineteen eighty two. First time we've seen these two guys together since nineteen eighty two. So all the Toyota fans are going nuts right now. And even the Crystal fans are saying, What? These guys beat us, man. These guys were better than us back then in eighty two. So great. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Andy. Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year, Andy. All right. All right. Happy New Year, Andy. Yeah. Well, Donnie, how was yeah, that? Did I, you I, the memories? Yeah, Donnie, I'm just saying I'm a big Toyota fan. Uh, I missed the show today, but I'm sure you're in good company. Jay's, uh, Jay's taking my place today. I just wanted to say hi to you. And, um, you know, thank you for all the memories you gave, you've given us, Toyota fans, over the years in the PBA. Well, uh, glad to have you. The pleasure is mine. The guys are really taking care of me. So maybe me feel at home. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce now, so I'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Noel, take care. Noel. Noel. Noel Zarate with the cameo exp uh, no, uh, appearance on, on, on our show. Uh, Bernie Fabiosa's watching. Uh, you played okay. against Bernie Fabiosa. He's from Crispa. He probably gave you a couple of elbows. Well, I just say, Bernie would get a cheap shot in. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Bernie. He's, he's based in LA as well now. So, so uh, really? we have uh, some. So we're, we're talking about the San Miguel days now with with Donnie Ray Coons and how they beat the uh, Chris ending that streak and all of that. And that's the year also you scored your career high fifty seven points in the PBA. Um, yeah, you hit the, so that that's 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 the most you scored. We have some photos we'd like to show you. Bianca, can, can we start that and maybe you can take us through what you know, if whatever you remember here, here you are attacking the basket uh, in your whites and then setting a screen in your reds for the Toyota Super Corollas. Yep, well, you know, the layup we talked about earlier, getting out on the fast break, and that was uh, a perfect example, just taking the ball hard to the basket. Uh, the other, you can see I'm setting a screen for uh, Francis Onais there. Uh, well, I, yeah, that's probably not a good screen, but that's what was going on. <laughs> yeah. and, and like I said, I don't recall if we ran plays. It was, you know, give and go. You keep the middle open and you move the ball. So, yep. Yeah, you're setting a screen on Willie Henneralao of Gilby's. Okay. Yeah. I remember Willie. Really Eighty-one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number 30, is there any significance to your jersey number, uh, your choice for 30? You know what? That's what they gave me when I got to the Philippines. I had, I'm trying to think, you know, I had never worn number 30 before. I, you know, at, 
when I was trying out for the Pistons, I think they gave me number four, and it's like I just want to make the team. The jersey number doesn't matter. Same thing in the Philippines. That was a jersey, so okay, let's go. Yeah, show the backcourt of uh, of Toyota, uh, Sonny and uh, and and Francis. Yeah, you you talked a little bit about both of them uh, a while ago, but yeah, can can you just talk about what it was like playing with? Uh, Uh, these two legends in the backcourt of Toyota? Well, okay, so you're playing with superstars. And, and so I get to the Philippines and, you know, you hear that your head coach uh, played for the Philippine team on the 68 Olympics in both basketball and soccer. And you go, wow, that's pretty impressive. And then you hear about Sonny Jaworski. And he just, you know, your teammate, uh, Let me tell you some of the, give you some of the ropes. And, you know, you got Francis on ice. And you remember at the time, he and Francis, uh, they had, what was it, Manila Vice or whatever the show was. So, <laughs> I knew you, you, were a, you were a couple of superstars. But on the basketball court, you know, we all had our strengths. We had our weaknesses. And you tried to, uh, you know, play off each other's strengths. And, and that was moving the basketball. I knew when... When Francis got the ball in the backcourt and started uh, jogging up the court, I knew there was one or two moves that he was going to do. And mm -hmm. so you, you let him have his space. As Andy said, you played off each other's strengths. And, you know, uh, I could jump pretty well. So if he missed, you got yeah. to grab the offensive rebound and put it back in. Yeah, these guys were, were pretty good players, huh? are nice and, 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 and Jaworski. Next photo, yeah, please. It, yep. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Donnie. You're going to say. Yeah, and, you know, Sonny was past his prime when I was there. And I, as I mentioned, he was hurt. But, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching him shooting jumps. And, and you guys should should have seen him sometime in practice just out there shooting those three-pointers. I mean, Sonny worked hard to, uh, uh, to, to hone his skill and his craft. And he took pride in that. He, he just worked hard. Uh, and he would uh, – He would rebound. He was strong. And so I could see how he was the big J. He was the legend. He had the big hands. And, you know, when he when he got to galloping, he would take the ball to the hole. So just a strong player. That's right. Yeah, the big hands. Everybody knows that. There's a yeah. there's actually a film clip of him chasing the ball going out of bounds. He grabs it in the air. Ah, just, yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah, that, that's what he did. Next photo, please. Yeah. Let's see what's uh, next to the album that Sid prepared. Here's a... A play, you're high-fiving Ramon Fernandez. Yep. Well, here again, um, so we talked earlier, uh, is there a rift between Ramon and, so, you know, you get on the court and you play. Ramon was, you knew Ramon had a certain skill set, and he operated well at the low block, and you let him operate there, and, you know, you congratulate a player when they made a good move. I don't know if I made the move or he made the move, but That's teamwork. That's cheering each other on. That's what that is all about. There. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you see Nick Bulat and Sonny Jaworski. Yeah. What, yeah. what impressed you the most about Mon's uh, skill set, Donnie? <laughs> you know, um, Mon wasn't very strong, but uh, he could use his body, and he was one of the first players that I would see. And they do it now. They call it the up and under move. They do it in the NBA now a lot where if if somebody's closely guarded at three-point line, you've seen Kevin Durant do it. He'll bring the ball up under 
uh, yeah, if I got my arms out like that, he'll just bring the ball up and, you know, pretend that I've just knocked the crap out of him. Uh, Mon did that. And Mon would get the ball down low in the block. He'll take one or two dribbles, and he would hit that little fadeaway jump shot, turning back to the baseline. And he was a very good passer. Uh, believe it or not, Mon could pass the ball. He could dribble for his size. Um, so, and, and, and again, he knew how to play defense. I, uh, I was very impressed with his skill set. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask, um, right now there's a debate if whether Moore is the, the, uh, the best PPA player of all time, because there's another big center who, uh, who's, uh, dominated the league for the past, uh, six or seven years. But, you know, for us old timers, uh, I can't believe I just called myself an old timer, but yeah, for us old timers, Mon is uh, perhaps uh, the goat of the PBA. Uh, he he went on to play 19 seasons actually, and uh, won 19 champ 19 championships and four four MVPs. So yeah. you know his resume. He said he was a very good passer. He's the number two, number two or number one, Jay, in in assists. Uh, number two, number two, number two, number one. Behind Sonny, right? Sonny, right. Sonny yeah. Rookie, yeah, number one in assists. So, yeah. yeah, both of them retired, number one and number two in assists all time. Yeah. And, and, and he's a center. Yeah, and, and Ramon, there was not a lot of wasted energy uh, on offense when he played. I mean, he was under control. He took good shots. And if he got to the free throw line, he hit his free throws. So. Mm-hmm. No. That's right. That's right. Uh, Donnie says we're in the topic already. You know, um, from the list of players that you played with and against among the locals, no, who do you think was the best player that you, uh, lo- local player that you played against or with? You know, I um, I have to look at skill set. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, Ramon, okay. uh, very efficient when he when he got Marty Sedan. I really love playing with Marty. Uh, I could tell he worked a lot on his ball handling, uh, his shooting. Uh, it was a joy. To, and, and, and I tell you, when, when you think of shooters, Boggs Adonado, Adonado yeah. Co., uh, yeah. and uh, those guys, I mean, they just amazed me the way they could shoot the basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew that you had to guard them tightly uh, mm-hmm. when they got the ball. Uh, I learned so much playing with Sonny. Uh, as I mentioned, it was he was on the you know the back end of his career, but you could see uh, at that time he was probably playing more with his head than with his body at that time. But you knew there was a, a, a great basketball player there at at one point in time, and it, you know the players respected him, but mm-hmm. that on it he. He demanded respect because he played hard. You you weren't going to outplay Sonny on the basketball court. He could, when he started hitting that three point shot, when he would dribble the ball, you couldn't take it from him. And he was a great passer. So those are the kind. And, and you talk about Moan uh, Gadabit, the center from Crispa. I used to enjoy seeing him play. Um, I, I, there was a lot of talented talented players there in the, in the PBA. No. You mentioned twice that in 82, Sonny was on the back end of his career, but he actually went on to play 15 more seasons <laughs> after, after 82. Yeah, so he retired yeah. at the age of 51. So. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was crazy. But he would pace himself. He put himself maybe five minutes in the third quarter. He'd like have like four or five assists, a couple of three-point shots. Then he'd go back because he was playing coach for Ginebra. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so he paced himself. That's why he lasted that long. But he was still producing. Whenever he'd come in, quality minutes still for Sonny. Yep, exactly. Till he became senator. I mean, you may have heard he became a senator. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and actually, when I was in 2012 or 13, uh, we met and, and got together. So I spent some time with him then. Yep. Yeah, about that early, did you see him uh, uh, to be uh, to become a coach? Uh, uh, did, did I see him becoming a coach? That's right. Oh yeah, you can see. You could, you know, you can see that. I mean, generally speaking, your point guards, and I call Sonny a point guard. They're the floor generals and understand, uh, you know, not only the what they understand the nuances of the game. And you understand as a point guard, you, you, typically you shouldn't be doing all the scoring. You got to get other people involved. And as a, you know, he just commanded respect. He knew the game. So yes, I mean, I could see him being a coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, about, how about this guy on the on the photo right now? Of course, Norman Black. We know what he could do. How about this guy Abi King? What did he bring for you to the table? Well, like I said, uh, he was our enforcer. Uh, mm-hmm. He could, you know, he beat up on Norman the whole game <laughs> and, and Lou Massey and all of those guys. And here again, and Abby could score, but he knew uh, on that team his role was to be a defensive player to grab rebounds and great attitude. Uh, and, you know, I'm just thrilled at the career that he had because this was kind of early on. Uh, mm-hmm. If I recall in his career and he really began to blossom and Ricky Relosa uh, kind of uh, took after him, you know, mm-hmm. being that type of a player. That's right. That's right. Well, that's really great because Abe, Abe right now, well, yeah, when he would transfer to San Miguel a couple of seasons after this in 84, he led that team in scoring. Did he? Okay. Okay. Yeah, he did. And then, then he went on for yeah, several other teams. He ended up playing with Normal Black, right? Did, did, did he? Did they end uh, up playing together at Great Days? No, no, or no, no, oh, not no. anymore. No, 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 no not no. anymore. Yeah, ah. no, they didn't. Wait, wait, wait. 1985, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe in 85. They, right. might have, they might have yeah, played against each other in 85. Uh, no, no, yeah, no. Sorry. Like, Norman Black was in Magnolia in 85. Yeah. Okay, so, no. But so they didn't. They didn't end up together. Okay. Well, and, and, you know, like I said, Norman and I are very good friends. And he used to tell me, uh, Ivy King just wears me out. He lays on me. He beats on me. <laughs> he, did, he did mention, yeah, Norman did mention that Abby is one of the best defenders yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that he ever faced here among the locals in particular. So there was great camaraderie among the Toyota players. Obviously, you guys hung out a lot. Who were your, your closest friends? I mean, obviously, you're, they were all your friends. But who were the guys you hung out with the most? Well, I mean, uh, we hung out mostly when it was playoff time. I mean, these guys, uh, I think the majority of them were married. And I, I hung out with Norman. And But, you know, around playoff times, we'd grab some meals together and, 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 and got, uh, uh, you know, uh, spa treatments together, those kinds of things. So, and, yeah. and, and the, day, the, night, the day before the game at the quarters, uh, you know, some would come over and, you know, I would be up in my room taking a nap before the game, but they would come over at the end and we would shoot some pool. Uh, Ricky Reloso and those guys would, you know, we shoot some pool and, and, and uh, whatever else we had to do. But uh, uh, they were always, if I needed anything, they were there. Uh, you know, we young adults and uh, just trying to uh, win championships. Yeah, because Emer, Emer Legaspi commented when he saw that you were our guest, Emer Legaspi commented that even in 83, when you were with SMB, 
you'd still pass by the quarters of Toyota and hang out with the guys. Is that true? Yep. Yep. And yeah, yeah uh, Emma, Emma's another one. Just worked hard, uh, great attitude, and would do anything the team needed him to do. So yeah, Emma Legaspi. I can't remember. Can't forget Emma. Great. That's great, man. Okay, what's the next photo? Let's just go through this. Here's, here's Sports Week. Here's the Sports Weekly magazine. I think I have that one somewhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you, were showing, you were showing it earlier. That's Andrew yeah. Fields and Lou Massey in the back. Yeah. 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 That's you posting up. And then what's the other photo? Who's that? That's uh, that's, uh, that's also Andrew again. Trying to block yeah. Is that Larry McNeil? Who's oh. taking the shot? Uh, Larry McNeil, right? That's Larry McNeil. Yeah. 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 This is, yeah. Andy yeah. Fields. Yeah, yeah, Andy so Fields, Larry McDeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the Lou Massey the, left uh, McNeil. That, that, that tandem was crazy good as well. McNeil and Massey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they both averaged probably over 40 points. I mean, <laughs> the thing about Larry McNeil, uh, they talk about, you know, making your shot a two. If you're not going to dunk the ball, a two-inch shot, meaning that nobody could get there and block the shot. And that's a perfect example there. Uh, McNeil would use his body to get under the basket and he would go up strong and put it off the glass. Um, and you know, he got inside of Andy there, uh, mm-hmm. for that particular shot. Well, you like to use the glass, the finals, right? What's that? Yeah, I think that was the finals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. No, I, 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 I mentioned you like, you like to use the bank shot, uh, from the quarter court. You like that, the using the glass, right, on the jumper. Uh, yep, I, 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 rem- I remember you doing that often. Uh, yep, I uh, and you know what? Uh, that was one of the things that John Wooden at UCLA talked about. When you get that forty-five degree angle, use the use the glass. I mean, because if you, you you're trying to do nothing but net, if you shoot it hard, you may hit the back iron. But uh, right, right. you know, go off the glass with a lot of backspin, uh, better chance to. And, and I tell you what, Billy Ray Bates. There was one shot I learned from him. You guys may remember it, but uh, those little shots in the lane line where you're going towards the basket, mm-hmm. those are tough shots to make. It is particularly tough if it's uh, if you're trying to do nothing but net. But I noticed that he would put it off the glass with a lot of backspin, mm-hmm. uh, which meant that he could shoot it as hard as he wanted to almost. And if he was bumped, he still had a great chance to make the shot just by using the glass around the dotted circle in the lane mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So you got Billy that was, from PRPI. Yeah, Billy was banking his free throws, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah that, there was a time. That's right. that wasn't intentional. <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was toying with everybody. Huh? Yeah. Billy Ray Bates. Yeah. What's next on that? What's next on the list? I love these pictures because look, look at that. Look at those uh, sprightly young guys huh? with those short shorts. Here's Atoy. Atoy Cole, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he got me a cheap shot there. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's bad defensive position on my part, so I'm not sure what happened. Looks like the ball is over to our left, uh, and I may have been trying to turn to box him out. Uh, right, but Otto right, wasn't right. going to try to rebound. Uh, I, I don't know why I had to try to box him out. Yeah, he just shoots, right? He could shoot, yeah. I tell you. Uh, not too much on the rebounding department. Yeah, you were, you were yeah, turning yeah, Donnie, which local defended you the best? Yeah, none of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, it was um, because with 
I, I when I was when we were when I was with Toyota, I I'm per, I wasn't the focal point. So you know, you had like I said, they were trying to stop uh, um, Ramon and Francis. I, I mean, we had such a balanced team that it. But you know, later on when I was with San Miguel, they would concentrate on me to try to stop me and uh, like Vic Chan Sanchez. He would he would play a little. You know, he will muscle me around. Um, the um, who else? Uh, not a lot of Americans guarded me, but in every, every once in a while they did. I remember Dwight Anderson when he was over there. Um, yep. Um, you know, I, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, I think he passed away recently, also, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, I want to say yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He did, he did. Yeah, we always get news about that, you know. That's that's how the fans are here. They they keep tabs on all the former imports and everything. So so someone yep. announces it all the time. Yep. Terry Duro also actually, I think he played. Yeah, played Terry Duro too. Terry Duro. He, he, uh, he also passed away last year. Hmm. I wasn't uh, aware of that. Hmm. Yeah. That's what, but Sid knows because Terry Duro, the Celtic, former Celtic. So yeah, he won a championship in '81. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was with Cornbread on that team. That yep, yep. team. Okay, what's what's next on the on the feed? This oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, that's just the picture I sent to you, Donnie. Right? I, I asked if we could use that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, There's BRB. Did he? Obviously, he didn't get to block that, right? You threw that one down. Well, you know what? It, it hit the back iron. He got a little bit of it. And <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember that Billy did get, he did hit it. But that just shows he could jump so much higher than me. I mean, I could jump pretty well, but Billy could get up there. And, and, and he took it as a challenge. Billy was like, I'm not going to let you dunk. <laughs> he took it as a challenge. And you can see me gritting my teeth. I'm trying to dunk on him. So, no, nah, he wasn't going to let that happen. And look, this is like a season after your first game, and you're already bigger here. You must have hit the weight room between <laughs> Toyota and San Miguel because you're just bigger already here than you did uh, in those photos earlier. It's It was a Lepovaton, I'm telling you. <laughs> Give you that energy. Huh? Uh, Billy Ray Bates, they said he, he would drink Lepovaton also, but it was laced with some other whatever. Nope. No comment. No comment. <laughs> hey, hey, Donnie, there's someone watching now. Um, his name is Dwayne Vasquez. He's the son of uh, Coach Tony Vasquez. Okay, okay, yeah. So you All must right. have seen him as a, little, as a young guy, you know, at, at your practices back in 86. Right, right. For Alaska. He's my, he's my buddy. I grew up with this guy. He's my teammate here in the village. Okay. Uh, Dwayne. He's based in the Bay Area now. Uh, uh, hello, Dwayne. How are you? Good to see you. A lot of guys tuned in to 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 listen to to uh, to Donnie Ray Coons. but yeah, this photo is amazing. So the two of the best in that in that era, and you you're still number thirty. So you kept number thirty. Is that is that right? Even till Alaska, or did you keep? Here again, uh, it, the number didn't yeah. matter. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Paycheck. <laughs> right, right. That's right. That's right. Okay, what's what's next? How many photos do we have still? Just so we can. Oh, this okay, is a bro. team. This is the '86 yeah. team. This Alaska. is the first ever, the first, first ever Alaska team, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Steve Utenso, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Ray Cuenco, uh, Teddy Alfarero, Arnie Twadless, Noli Banate, Noli Banate, Rudy Distrito, the destroyer. Yep. Rudy was uh, a tough player, yep. Mm -hmm. He was, he was. 
And then uh, Ponky Alolor. Yep. That's Ray Ramos. Dennis Abatuan, Naning Valenciano, Frankie Lim, and Marty Saldana. You know what? All of those guys are very poggy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you, I think the coach by this time was Cesar Hot already because Coach, coach Tony's not in the photo anymore. He must have passed away already by this time. Yep. Okay. When this photo was taken. And there's Norman. Uh, this is third conference already. Yeah, that's right. So, so Norman, you and Norman got to play together for a bit uh, yep. in that third conference. So, finally, you guys were together. Got to, got to play with uh, Mr. Black. Yeah. And uh, like I said, hard worker, rebounder, score. And, you know, he just gave it 100, 110% the whole game. You know how many uh, fans have commented on the comment box on Facebook that they, they, Try to imitate you when they take free throws. Uh, your, form, your form on the free throws that you were really concentrated on your shot, really serious. So that those I've seen like four or five guys comment already. I used to imitate him taking free throws, Donnie Rakus. Well, and, and like at the top of the broadcast, I, I mentioned that I didn't shoot the ball well my freshman year in college. I think this my sophomore year I made my first sixteen to seventeen shot from the field. But that was, you know, shooting is uh, – once you learn how to shoot the basketball, it's more confidence. But once you get the form down, and then it's, you know, what do you feel? You know, I, I would take two dribbles, three dribbles. On the, the third dribble, when the ball went down to the floor, I would start bending my knees. And from there, it was just one motion going to the basket. And I, uh, I think I probably shot it, uh, you know – greater than 80% there in the Philippines, but it's mm -hmm. once you get that rhythm, get the confidence, it's continuing to, to, to shoot the same way every time. And Alaska was your last stint here, uh, you know, for two conferences. You didn't get to finish the second, the third conference of yep. that year. Because you got, well, you did get injured earlier in, in that season. What, what type of injury actually happened there, Donnie? I, I don't recall <laughs> what, what happened to you. Uh, well, I had a poor hamstring and my knee was bothering me. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. I in on and off throughout my career, you know, I battled tendonitis, and that was a big problem um, uh, in that third conference. And it just uh, impaired me to the point where I couldn't play at the level I wanted to. And then with the knee injury, and you know, the team made the right decision. I wasn't. Uh, I was a detriment to the team. I wasn't helping the team. So, you know, we decided to part ways. Well, how was it like, Donnie? Uh, you played in the first conference, and then the All-Filipino came in the second conference. Did you fly back to the U.S., or did you stay behind so that you can play for the Open Conference? Uh, I stayed there. Um, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we stayed, I, I stayed there. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. And you played with Jerry Eves. Jerry Eves is a pretty good player yeah. as well, NBA yeah. vet. Really? To the jazz, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yep, uh, play with Jerry. Uh, <laughs> Jerry was funny. I <laughs> a lefty. Oh. Jerry, Jerry and we joke all the time. Jerry wasn't a good shooter, but he was very fast. Could dribble the length of the floor. I mean, I would throw him a rebound, and before anybody else could get cross half court, he would be attempting a shot, <laughs> and uh, and so and Jerry would get so mad because you know he would if you took the ball to the hole as much as he did players would foul you and he didn't like it he would go to the free throw line and just cursing and swearing and and, <laughs> oh, really? and, and uh, swearing at the official and 
And, and so, uh, uh, what Commissioner Yinko, I think, you know, he, Jerry had to go to the uh, commissioner's office because he had to pay for a fine. I said, I said, Jerry, how much you got to pay? A hundred pesos. He said, how much is that? I said, 10 bucks. He said, is that all? Man, I'm going to just swear all I want to. He was, he was hilarious. <laughs> so, but he wasn't used to the calls here yet. He was a, he was a rookie yeah. in the PBA. You, you knew already how that goes. So you weren't complaining yeah, yeah. anymore. Well, like I said, okay, Billy Ray, when, yeah. When Billy came and he started going to the hole, it it's just like the Red Sea was parting because Billy Billy was about two twenty five back then. Billy was a big guy at six three, right. very athletic. You know, at the time I was probably one ninety, uh, and and you know Jerry was probably one eighty. So <laughs> you know, guys would just go after him when he went to the basket, and they they would follow him, and Jerry couldn't shoot. You know, he shot very few jump shots. His thing was taking it to the basket, and boy, they were just clobbering. <laughs> I learned quickly. Right, right, right. Yeah, I learned quickly. You better learn how to shoot the jump shot. <laughs> okay, we'll check out the next photo. That's the, that's the Alaska here. You're playing with Alaska against uh, Harold Keeling. Yeah, and Yo-Yo yeah. Villamin. That's, that's you and Norman. Yep, Yo-Yo. Okay, Yo-Yo Villamin. Yeah, and then and then yeah. Villamin, yeah. And Harold Keeling. Yeah, this yeah. is the third conference. If I, if I, yeah, third conference of 86. That's right. You yeah, were already playing Keeling. the Ultra. It's no longer Araneta. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, correct. That's correct. I, Keeling I miss, was with uh, Michael Young. <laughs> I, I, I miss Araneta. I love playing the Araneta Coliseum. I mean, it, it was just different playing the Ultra as opposed to the Araneta. Um, Okay. And, and, you know, one of my fond memories would be on the bus with the Toyota team mates riding to the game. So mm -hmm. just fond memories. Sound that doesn't happen anymore now. There's no more, like, team team rides uh, to the oh, games really? now. Yeah, the players arrive on their own. Hmm. I, I don't think there's any quarters anymore now. Yeah, there are no more quarters. Uh, back then, it wasn't just <laughs> the uh, I think Utex and Chris Paul also had their own players' uh, quarters where they could sleep, you know. But now, yeah. nowadays... Yeah, yeah, we, we were in Bella Village. Mm -hmm. so remember right. well. Mm -hmm. Did you practice at San Agustin? Yep. At the school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my my wife, alma mater. You play for Alaska. This is an ex this was an expansion team back then in 1986. No, um, yeah. so in other words, management wasn't that familiar yet with how the PBA was uh, being run. Um, did you see any adjustments or the difficulty in adjustment as far as the team was concerned? Well, <laughs> there was, and and just the Alaska brand was such uh, uh, such a known brand. And Steve mm -hmm. Utenso, I mean, he just he wanted to win. He was a competitor. So okay. he wanted to field the best team uh, to win. And so, you know, as a competitor, you got out there and you played to win. So, mm -hmm. yep. You know, the uh, I didn't get into the front office. I don't think many of the players, if any, I'm, I don't know how difficult it was for the, uh, the local players to negotiate the contracts. But mm -hmm. once you got out there on the court, it was all about basketball. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, what's next? There you are. There right, that's 2012 when you were here. Yep. You're talking to Kinito. Yeah. Even yeah. though, yeah, he's yeah. back to the camera. Yep. It's pretty obvious that's Kinito. And, 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 and actually, that was the 25th anniversary of me winning the most valuable import that year. 
when I came back that year. That's crazy. Okay. 2007, 30, no, 30. 30th. 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 Yep. And that's right. so, so my daughter, uh, was actually in the Philippines, and <clears throat> my wife and son came over there around Christmas to spend some time with her. She was uh, working on a fellowship, uh, mm-hmm. uh, having just graduated from college. So it was neat, like I said, getting back over there. And and uh, Makati, it, it had changed. So I was surprised mm-hmm. at the growth in the city. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. absolutely uh, stunned by the growth. Right, so, nothing like back then. I was uh, nothing uh, like yeah, and even Edsa, back then. Edsa going south, you had the double lane highway. I was like, where did this come from? So <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You stayed long enough to to get all those turns, Ed side, all those things. Man, that's yep. crazy. But here, you're telling Kenito. What are you telling Kenito here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll probably bet to see if I can hit a three pointer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the gentleman to your right uh, in the blue in the blue shirt is that your son? That's my son. Yes, mm-hmm. that's your son. Oh, I yeah. see. He played some. He played some ball too, right? He did. Yep, and he's in medical school now. So yep. wow. Okay, that's great. This was your first trip to the Philippines uh, since '86, uh, Donnie. That, that's correct. Yep. So it's 20, 26 years. So. Yeah, I imagine it's almost ten years since this photo. Yep. Yep. And this was the new. This was the newest venue, right? Uh, the Mall of Asia. Yeah. I'm sorry. The venue uh, where, yeah, where that, that, that's the facility uh, over near Rojas Boulevard. I yeah, can't yeah. Mall of Asia. Mall of Asia. Mall of Asia. Mall of Asia. Yep. Yep. That's the new. That's this the is where they hold the international tournaments. Okay. Yep. Uh, my old stopping grounds is a stargazer. And I, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I love I go, Boulevard. That's right. I, I didn't go to the other place in, in that area, but stargazer. <laughs> stargazer. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're not the first former yeah. importer who talked about going to stargazer. And <laughs> who were you with, Ronnie? Yeah, who, who, who would you go there with? Billy Ray? Uh, we, I, we would meet up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, there's a nice photo. I think all oh, you guys are all together uh, with all the other imports. You guys are in in a party. I'm not sure if it was in Stargazer, but I remember yeah. I seeing a photo of all of you. Okay, so what's what's yeah. what's next? Oh, let's let's go through these photos yeah. and then bring back. Here's yeah. here's one of you. Yeah. I mean, this is you uh, getting honored at your alma mater. Uh, yep, that's correct. I um, I've been uh, you know heavily engaged in the university, and I. Um, <clears throat> I'm a former president of the Alumni Association, so those are all former uh, presidents of the Alumni Association on that photo there. Yeah, and I read that you're very uh, heavily involved, and in, you even go watch the games when we well, maybe not now because uh, you know because yeah, of the yeah. situation. But but you go back there. There's something I wanted to ask you about your your stay at UNC Charlotte when you were back as a student. Um, you were not just an athlete, but you were an academic awardee as well, uh, Donnie. And uh, you you were able to to get the Hugh McHenry Academic Award in uh, your sophomore year and the Grubbs State Award in your senior year, and, and those are academic awards, right? Well, the the Hugh McHenry, yes, uh, given to the student athlete with the highest grade point average, and the Grubbs State Award uh, is an award given by the Athletic Foundation Department. Uh, to the student athlete who best exemplifies the spirit of the university. So yes. Okay, so it's it's uh, you're really a student athlete. I mean, because a lot of 
you know, a lot of the guys now are just athletes, you know, not too much yep. on the student, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you, you did your work, you did your homework. Oh yeah. I did the homework. Actually, when I was in school, uh, my freshman year, all freshmen, we had mandatory, mandatory study hall from Sunday night through Thursday night at the library from seven to 9 p.m. And what I noticed was the upperclassmen who appeared to be serious about graduating. Uh, we had one guy who became a dentist, another guy, a successful businessman. They studied anyway. I said, well, you know, uh, as we talked about earlier, my basketball career didn't start out with a bang in, in, in college. So I said, if the, if the university is going to pay for me to get a uh, education, I'm going to make sure I take advantage of it and get my education while I'm here. Amazing. Amazing man. to hear that. I mean, you know, younger people, the younger people need to hear that. Yep. Uh, if you get a free education, education period, take advantage of it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. as we talked about earlier, and sometimes I look at it, you talked about the class of 1981, and you look at even the first round draft picks, and a lot of them don't play but two or three years in the NBA or the NFL. So, you know, so what are you going to do if you're 25, 26 years old? Back there, they don't make the kind of money that they make uh, now, but you have, you know, 40, 50 years left to live. So you got to do something to take care of yourself the rest of your life. And unfortunately, the ball doesn't bounce forever. Right? And you don't jump as high as Andy just talked about, Andy Peels. So yeah. Yeah. you got to prepare yourself for life after sports. Wow, yeah, that, that's those are words of wisdom, definitely. That also happens here, you know. A lot of the PBA players, some uh, can't find their way after their careers end, but but the the league's trying to take some steps to to educate and then to mm -hmm. make sure that people are sure even after their their PBA careers are are over. Yeah. So I hope it works out for for everybody. So nice, nice uh, trip down memory lane, looking at those those photos yeah. uh, of uh, of of Donnie but you you were, so you went into banking as you said shortly after mm -hmm. you realized you know, you couldn't play ball anymore you went into banking now and you've been banking since then and then then uh, you still work for Bank of America how's 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 everything over there uh, at at BA uh, uh going well i um <clears throat> i've been in banking now for 33 years um i started out a small bank in alabama um when my wife was in optometry school. And as I mentioned earlier, I went to night school and got my master's in business. And mm -hmm. I, I started out working in what they call the institution, of trust department, where I would handle companies' uh, retirement plans and then moved to Bank of America in 93, doing the same thing. And in 1998, I started underwriting uh, in the private bank to hide that worth clients. So, uh, but uh, we had a very good year last year. I think our net income was over $20 billion. So we, kind of got back to the level of profitability we had in prior years. You know, of course, 08 was just tough. Uh, been working from home since March because of the, uh, mm -hmm. the pandemic, but uh, we, uh, we did in my department 6.7 billion in funded loans, which was the second most profitable year we've had. So um, doing, doing extremely well. Miss basketball, right, you know, people would ask me, do I miss basketball? I said, yes, the, uh, every 1st and 15th on payday because the money is not quite like it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you are still involved somehow in basketball. I mean, you, you, you still you do a bit of coaching. Is that right until now? I mean, maybe not now during the pandemic, but you yeah. were involved in some coaching and then you, you would get involved in your, your alma mater's games. You go watch and all of that, right? 
Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, financially, I support the university uh, on the athletic side and academic side. Uh, know the coaches very well. Um, and, you know, I coach in the recreational leagues here in Charlotte where my son was playing, where my daughter was playing. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, sports is in the blood. So enjoy mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and you enjoy seeing people. The, the thing is, uh, just like you talked about, did I see Sonny as a, uh, a coach. I always wanted to coach. Uh, mm-hmm. because I kind of feel that uh, uh, I'm more or less a teacher, and you, you learn certain skill sets. And, and uh, to be honest with you, a lot of times when I see NBA players playing and I'm seeing some, a lack of fundamentals, it's like, okay, uh, you know, uh, that wouldn't happen back when we played because you had to have the fundamentals, if, unless you were just so uh, extremely talented in some other way, like so fast, or you could jump out of the gym. But yeah, you had to learn the fundamentals in order to play. Was there any Yeah, speaking of the NBA, Donnie, um, how much of a fan are you of the Hornets, your your hometown Hornets? Uh, I enjoy not not as as much as my sons. I think my son is the number one fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I it's 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 tough for me to watch um, professional basketball because. To me, they don't really start playing hard until the last five minutes of the game. And I'm like, ah, you know, I want to see you playing hard. <laughs> now, they are playing hard. Don't get me wrong. Uh, this year, the team is much more exciting. LaMelo Ball has added a dimension that we hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gordon Haywood. Uh, so yeah. I, I think they're going to surprise some people. Um, and so it's much more enjoyable to see them play. They have more talent. Uh Kimball Walker was a very talented player, uh, but he was pretty much all we had at the time. Uh, now we have more talent, more balance uh, attacks. So it's uh, uh, better to watch him. And of course, you you know, go back a couple of years, Golden State, and see what they've done. And then you have LeBron James. And I mean, there are some teams, I mean, just uh, fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And I will spend a couple of, you know, hours on a Sunday when the football season end to watch some of the more competitive games. Mm-hmm. So still, so basketball is still a part of part of your life. Jay, you wanted to ask something? No, I just wanted to go back. Um, since you mentioned place, no, um, when you were with Toyota or San Miguel or even Alaska, were there specific plays designed for you, um, specifically for you to handle the offense or defense or whatever? Uh, you know, I always tell, uh, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, it, it, you know, doing doing timeouts because we had uh, players who spoke different uh, dialects of Tagalog, and Ed Ocampo mm-hmm. would talk to a couple of players in one dialect and a couple of players in another dialect, and they'd come turn to me and say, "Donnie, this is what I want you to do." <laughs> but like I said, um, we we moved the basketball. We kept the floor spread. Yeah, uh, you know. I could just see Francis throwing the ball to me on the wing, and he, he cutting through. If he's open, you give him the ball. Right. Uh, if Andy steps up wide open, I knew if I got him, uh, you know, called mid post, Andy's going to turn, he's going to face, he's going to either take a shot or put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and and so you knew to keep the floor spread. We had a lot of guys who could play well one on one, and so it wasn't. Uh, and even when when Mon got it, Mon probably. Uh, kept the ball in his hand more than anybody else, but you just stayed away. And you knew that if he took the shot to be there to try to get a rebound. 
Now it was different, and even with uh, with San Miguel, we ran plays, mm-hmm. and I knew that when I, you know, as opposed to uh, when I was with Toyota, I knew that with San Miguel, I had to be more aggressive and looking okay. for more shots, mm-hmm. uh, just because we didn't have the the same level of talent. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Great man, great uh, chat for the past hour and what. 45 already. We've taken a lot of your time, Donnie. But before we end, just a few things that we do on this show before we end. Uh, first of all, I have this segment. It's called Excess or O's. I'm just going to throw out some choices for you and top of your head, just make a choice from all these choices I'm going to give to you. Don't have to explain why. So let's, <laughs> okay, whatever comes out first, that's that's your answer. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's start it. Huh? First yeah. one is Normal Black or Andy Fields? I gotta go with Andy. That that Andy's my boy. Well, okay, I can't explain, but Andy. You can, you can if you want. You can if you want. No one's a close second. <laughs> Both warriors. Uh-huh. Both warriors. Yep. Okay. Second one, Ramon or Sonny. See there, you trying to start something? <laughs> I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> Both. Uh, both, both. Okay, okay. okay. That, that's allowed. That's allowed. How about this, Frankie Lim or Marte Saldana? Marty, Marty, Marty. I'm telling you. Okay, all right. Manny Paner or Abby King? Had to go with Abby because Manny was on the backside of his career, but both okay. warriors, both warriors. Got it, got it. How about this, Liming Bang or Francis are nice? Francis. 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 You're going Toyota. I can see the Toyota inclination, yeah, well, Fra- of course. Well, Francis played an uptail game. Yeah. And that, Lemon B, like I said earlier, he wasn't very fast, but he could get a shot off. And he was okay. very accurate. He was an accurate shooter. But, you know, when Francis really got it cranking, I, I used because he had, if you recall, when he would go to the basket, a lot of his layup shots, he would get it over the front rim, but he would actually be coming down when he released the ball. I mean, that's how quick he was. That's right. And, and, and are nice, you know, he wasn't, he didn't get a chance to become MVP, but he probably would have been if he was on another team. Yep. Because that's, yep. How, good, that's how good Francis nice was. Okay, next. Nat Canson or Edo Campo? Edo Campo. I love Nat, but Edo Campo, new basketball. And he, and he okay. brought him to the Philippines. Right, right, <laughs> right. Right, right. How about this? Normal Black again. Black or Bates? Uh, see there. Hey, Billy Ray <laughs> Superman. Okay. Okay, I got that. I got that. I'm sure Norman might even agree with that. <laughs> Terry, Terry Saldana or Ricky Relosa? Uh, Ricky because Ricky was more consistent. Terry, okay. he would do some fantastic things, but then he would fight the career player. So. <laughs> 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 and then they lose a chance for rookie of the year, right? That's right. That's what happened over there. Okay, this one I'm pretty. Sure, I'm not sure, but let's see. Let's see. Andrew Fields or Rich Adams? Andy Fields. Still and Andy Rich, Fields. Rich was. Rich was a very good player too. If you recall, Rich. Uh, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Rich talked to himself a lot on on the team, and I, and I think Rich. I. I um, you know, if I shot a three-pointer, he would want to shoot a three-pointer. Like, that's not the way it's supposed to go, Rich. I'm shooting a three-pointer <laughs> off the guard. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. He, he was able to come back a couple of times as well, Rich Adams. I, I actually talked to him last year. I was I, okay. I got in touch with him since the eighty whatever fourth season um, mm-hmm. at San Miguel, and I tracked him down and we talked. Had a great conversation. That's the nice you know, thing about all these communications that we can do now, right? Finding like like we found you, you know. So that's yeah. like you can you can actually do that nowadays. Okay, next the nineteen eighty two reinforced or the nineteen eighty two open conference uh you know what it's a push if you're playing cards i mean they were both and like like i said when when you got into the playoffs and you started playing every other day that was that's basketball utopia i mean you're Uh you you just got out there and you played you didn't have a care in the world yeah 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 and it was success both ways so it's pretty hard to choose okay next how about this one David Thompson or Michael Jordan? Hmm. <sighs> That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah of uh, course. You're a Carolina boy, so, <laughs> you know. Well, like, you know when Michael was inducted to the Hall of Fame, who his presenter was, don't you? Mm-hmm. David Thompson. That's and right. growing up, everybody wanted to – actually, I, I bumped into David about uh, about two or three years ago at the Y. And mm-hmm. uh, it was right after he had knee surgery. And I just kind of uh, went up to him and just chit-chatting and, and uh, asking what happened to his knee. He said, you know, Donnie, uh, after I introduced myself, he said, and he was in his uh, probably early 60s. He said, I was at a basketball camp demonstrating how to dunk and I hurt my knee. I said, David, I stopped wow. dunking years ago. But you know <laughs> yeah. what? That's yeah. I, if, if I were to be honest with myself, I would probably say Michael, because mm-hmm. Michael not only won the NBA Offensive Player of the Year but Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you know, at yeah. six five to do the things that he he did and to be as quick as he was, it's it's unbelievable. And a, a lot of times I would tell people, um, if you want to, you know, of course he could jump and this his jump shot was was okay but i said i had a difficult time beating my man one-on-one if you were within let's say the top of the key to the basket and i said you watch michael he and of course he's playing uh, you know guys guarding him maybe six 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 seven not not as agile but for him to be able to elude a a, a player like that to get to the basket it, it's unbelievable the uh, athletic ability he has Okay. Okay. Next one. If you were fan, let's say Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Uh, I you know it, it's hard to at six eight and two sixty. I mean that's that's an incredible athlete. Uh, if if I had to give the ball to somebody to win a game, it would be Michael Jordan. But if I had to start a team, uh, LeBron, with all the things that he could do, you know, from assist man to scoring to rebounding to defending. Okay, right. Okay. That's a fair uh, assessment. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Okay. Bobcats or Hornets? Uh, <laughs> the Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then... Actually, there's a question here from one of the fans. You know, I don't know if you'll even remember the names, but I, I just want to ask it just for the heck of it. Carmi Martin or Vivian Vélez? Do you even remember them? Well, you know what? 
I thought this was going to be one of the pictures that you showed us. And I think it was Martin, Norman Black, me, Ramon Fernandez. I got a picture somewhere, and it was called, I think, Playoff Show-Offs. Uh, so I have to say Kami. Kami, you're right. <laughs> and on the last, actually, I just asked this question because I normally ask uh, between two uh, local actresses, but because you're not familiar with the actresses here, the question is: I asked this for Alton Lister too. Robert De Niro or Al Pacino? Al Pacino. Al Pacino. All right, that's that's one one because De Niro. Alton Lister said De Niro. Okay, that's my X's or O's. Sid, how about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, my turn. Yeah, Donnie, I just want to ask you: uh, Who were your top five PBA players? I mean, in terms of talent, or who are the top five who, who impressed you the most? You have to start with Ramon and Jaworski. I have to go Bogdanato. I have to include Ottawa Cole. He was just a great score, you know, shooter. Mm-hmm. And and who else would I put in there? Um, <laughs> you know what? In Philip Cesar, you know, they called him the plastic man or the rubber man. You know, he's kind of up there a little bit. Um, but, you know, those are the top four or five that come, comes to mind, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah, all MVPs. Yep. Okay. All former all MVPs. Guys. Yeah, well, that's not a bad five at all. Those are five of the best ever <laughs> in the Philippines, those yep. guys. So that's pretty good. Okay, Jay, anything? Yeah. Uh, Noel yeah. usually asks this question to our guests. So, so let me... Uh, let me uh, do the asking for you now. No. How would you like to be remembered as a basketball player? Uh, you know what? I, um, as someone who played the game the right way, mm-hmm. who gave all that they had, who was a team player, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, it, it's, he gave an honest effort when he was out there on the court and I was a team player. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. And, you know, uh, all of the other individual here again, yeah. uh, the individual awards don't really mean a lot if you don't win. So you got to win. And it's not about me scoring the most points, but it's what can I do to help my team win? Sometimes it's scoring, sometimes defense, sometimes it's, it, it's uh, when a player is down because they missed a shot or we lost a game, just, hey, don't worry about it. Hang in there. We're going to get the next one. So that's what it, that's, that's sportsmanship. That's what sports is about as far as I'm concerned. Perfect way to encapsulate uh, Donnie Ray's career, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm. that's, that's great. That's a great self-assessment of what went on. Donnie, um, you, know, you had a, more than a decade of, a, of a basketball as a, as a career, which, which, as you said, gave you some good money on the 15th and 30th of the month and all of that. Um, are, there, are there anyone, uh, any persons in particular you'd like to thank or you'd like to acknowledge? Because I'm sure you know, it's not just the, the Pinoys who's going to watch this show. It's going to be watched from, even by your friends and everything over there in the States. So anyone you'd like to acknowledge or thank right now, you can do that right now. Well, I mean, first of all, you guys for, for giving me this opportunity, but it's like when, when I came over in 2012 or 13 and I met with some of the former commissioners and uh, got with Tommy Minotak and talked with him just a little bit. It's, um, you know, an opportunity to come to display my skills uh, in front of a lot of people who appreciated basketball. Uh, the commissioners, uh, you know, they would ask me certain things, you know, what do you do this, do you that? But 
when I was in the Philippines, I tried, I, I, you know, I didn't try to present myself as a star, quote unquote. I, I just wanted to belong. I wanted to learn about the culture. And I was, uh, you know, I met a lot of friendly people, in my opinion, the, the most friendly race of people I've ever been around. And I just enjoyed my time there. And so from, uh, you know, the managers on the team, uh, the ball boys, all of those people, and I can't recall all the names, but they just made you feel so welcome to be there. I talked about the drivers, Mr. Legaspi and, and, and Romeo and those guys. I missed them dearly uh, because, you know, they were my family when I was there, whether it was with Toyota or Alaska or or with San Miguel. And then, you know, the guys we played against, uh, the American players who were, play, who were there, uh, we, you know, uh, sometimes I Google them and look them up. Danny Salisbury, Rich Adams, yeah. uh, Curtis Berry, those guys, uh, uh, just to try to keep in touch. And we kind of reminisce on the days in the field. Like I told you, I had Googled Andy Fields a couple uh, last year, two years ago. I knew he was coaching basketball in New Jersey. Uh, you know, it's a big fraternity. Uh, when I was there, Sonny and I, we were talking and we talked about his experience as a senator and, and the progress in the Philippines. So, uh, it, it, you know, just great to be back uh, uh, with those kinds of players. You know, Ed Ocampo, thank him, Nono Ibasada, uh Stephen Utenso, because they gave me the opportunity to, uh, to play basketball in, in Manila. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's great. You know, you're very, very well loved and, and uh, remembered by the Filipino fans, Donnie, uh, as you as you know already now. And lots of guys tuned in today. And then this video, of course, will be watched again and again. Uh, particularly, especially that part when we re reunited Andy Fields and Donnie Ray Coons, first time since 1982. So it's, it's been a great trip down memory lane uh, for the past couple of hours with Donnie Ray Coons. You know, um, it's not the last supper. For AEOB, even if it is the last supper behind Don Ray Coons there on the wall. Uh, we are going to have an episode next week. We will announce on our Facebook page as soon as we can uh, who our next guest is uh, going to be, just as uh, we finalize the plans for that, as you know. So uh, keep watching out on our, our Facebook page. Um, yeah, well, on behalf of my, my friends, Sid Ventura, and of course, Jay Mercado, who's pinch hitting for Noel Zarate. Noel Zarate, as well, of course, is here in spirit, did pass by for a bit earlier. The rest of our crew here on Eternity of Basketball, we'd like to thank, with, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, Donnie Ray Coons for finally coming on the show and, and sharing your stories with us, Donnie. You know, it, it's been really fun, and uh, we're, we're glad that you know, uh, you know, you're able to, to, uh, to impart some of your wisdom as well. Through the years, you know, you're a very successful guy right now after basketball, and and then uh, we love you for that, and and uh, you know we hope that that continues for you all your good fortune. So uh, I'm Charlie Kuna. I'd like to say that uh, episode 65 of An Eternity of Basketball is now in the books, but we will continue this as the weeks go by, and hopefully we'll get some more of uh, the guys from that fraternity that Donnie mentioned earlier, the former PBA imports. We're trying to invite some of them over. We've talked to a couple of them. We'll just let you know when they finally sign on and, and say they're going to be in the show. So, maraming salamat, Donnie, sayo, and, uh, and then uh, all our fans, of course, our, our followers. You know, We love you all, and, and thank you for following us. Episode 65 is in the books. Thank you for watching. We'll see you soon. Bye, Donnie. Thank you so much. Okay, Donnie. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Salamat. Salamat. Salamat.
That concludes this episode of An Eternity of Basketball. As a reminder for this show and others like it and projects like it, go to globallyballin.com as well as follow Globally Ballin on all social media, including facebook.com slash globallyballin, Twitter at globallyballin, and Instagram. You can also follow this show directly at An Eternity of Basketball on Instagram or facebook.com slash an eternity of basketball. Thank you, and make sure to catch next week's episode.